Hey, community. In today's episode, artist Melvin Crispell III sits down with Loop Gospel director Otto Price to talk about his musical background, recording his upcoming live album, and blurring the lines between gospel music and contemporary Christian music. Enjoy. Hey, guys. This is Otto again with another great installment with uh, Conversations with Friends. And I, I'm really pleased and excited to say I have a new um partner and a brother in arms and another crazy great musician I get to introduce you guys to and really not even introduce but just highlight so Melvin Crispel the third I like to introduce but also say man welcome to the uh to the time today what's going on Otto thank you so much for having me here so excited to be here Man, I'm excited too. First of all, um, I have a three too. So my son is Otto Third. We call him a OP three. Did you ever go by a nickname at all? Or I did. My nickname was Trey um, for Trace. <laughs> um, so I think that was that's kind of what stuck when I was a baby. <laughs> Trey. Yep. We almost went with Trey, but then we realized. Um, first of all. <laughs> Couple things. So I'm six one, but Otto the third is six three. So he used to be called Little Otto until he was about ninth grade. And he's like dunking over me, and so I oh my god, <laughs> he was more medium, <laughs> a large. Yeah. Otto. <laughs> <laughs> now he's grown man, Otto. Yeah. yeah. Man. <laughs> well, man. First of all, thank you so much for the time. I know that um, you're taking out a huge time of your day. I want to talk a little bit about. We'll talk about it more in depth. But you're uh, you're about to do a record. And so thank, yes, you for taking, yes. thank you for taking time out to uh, to be with us and, and just really Absolutely. talk about that. So this is your first live recording? My very first live recording. And I am so nervous, but um, I'm really, really excited. Um, I think it's going to be very special. Yeah. Who was, who's working on the record with you? Um, so my, uh, my head music producer is Jamel Kimbrough. Um, he's worked with... Um, Many artists, but um, mainly I know him from working with Todd Delaney, um, an incredible genius. He is, he's absolutely amazing. Um, you know, he's been working with me closely with this. Um, he's really made me, you know, feel comfortable um, um, alongside um, him, right under him, my MD for the for the band. Uh, his name is Devon Goodwin. Um, really like a family member of mine. He's like my big cousin. I've known him since I was like <laughs> nine, ten. <laughs> um, but you know, to have you know um, that piece of family, um, you know, so far down the road, helping me with my first live, it just it means so much. And he's absolutely amazing. Mm -hmm. um, Sharon Ann is vocal producing. Um, she is <laughs> from another planet. She's really amazing. Um, she's really been getting things together. So I'm excited. I'm excited for everybody to see. Um, the work that is being put into this. Um, and I know God is going to do something special. Yeah. Okay. So my, my, by trade, I'm a music producer. That's kind of my background. So like, let's, I'm okay to get a little geeky. So when you say yeah. uh, the work for how long have you guys been working on it? Was it a songwriting camp you started with? And then how did the whole process start for the, the record? Well, um, no, it, so we kind of um, put out a fishnet and was like, Hey, um, you know, I'm about to start working on, you know, a new record, um, just to different, you know, artists and different people that I know, you know, write. Um, if you have any like song submissions, send them, um, like, let's, you know, let's take a listen. We'd love to see what's, you know, what's happening. Um, so we got, you know, a couple of uh, that way. Um, my label, I'm part of RCA Inspiration. So my label did say, you know, Hey, you've been writing anything, you have anything that you, you know, been jotting down, like, let us know. 
Um, so basically we kind of had like a soft list of songs. Um, and then what I did was um, I got to, you know, go around the country and meet um, a few different producers um, just to see how the chemistry was to see, you know, mm -hmm. um, whatever we come up with, like, is that the direction I kind of want to go in for this recording? Um, so long story short, it came down to Jamel Kimbrough. Um, and, you know, I think, you know, it, he was amazing. I think his, his work, his work ethic and his process, um, you know, really, really spoke to me, um, mm -hmm. about getting that, creating, um, that stuff and getting it done. Um, the songs changed, you know, mm -hmm. from there. Um, we did, you know, we added some covers in there and, um, I got to, you know, write some stuff. Um, and so it all kind of came together. Like God always, I don't know what it is with me, but God always has a way where it, I look around and there's pieces everywhere. And then sooner or later, the pieces just start gelling together. Um, mm -hmm. and that's, that's really how it's been so far. That's awesome. So you use a kind of a collection of songs, you kind of pull that together and yep. is there, is there, do you have a title yet? Or are you kind of figuring out what the rig is going to be called on the, on the back end? I, so what's crazy is God, I'm figuring out on the back end right now, God hasn't really given me exactly what, um, he wants me to call it for say. Um, I just know there's a few, there's, I've been tossing around a few things and praying about a few things, but I'm just really trying to hold on down exactly what he wants me to call title. Um, I know, um, the message, you know, for the album, you know, I've been thinking about that, but, um, there's so many, there's so many different stories to be told that night. Um, so it's kind of hard to just pick one and say, Hey, this is this, um, I wish I could title it everything, all the songs, but, um, so we're still, we're still praying about that. And where, where were you guys recording? In Dallas, Texas, well, Garland, Texas, which is right outside of Dallas, um, at Spring Creek Church. Okay. Um, yeah. And we'll talk more about that in more detail, but is it open to the public or is it going to be kind of a closed recording? So, yes. Um, well, there were tickets available. It was free, completely free, but you had to RSVP, but, uh, thank God it is completely sold out. Uh, as of the other day. So I thank you, all of you, whoever's watching this, that RSVP on time. Um, God bless you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, take that. <laughs> I love that. So, uh, that's awesome, man. So so you, now you guys are in pre-production phase, kind of getting the songs kind of fine-tuned and doing like demos, make sure everybody's got their parts and so you're locked and loaded that night. Yep, absolutely. We're getting um, really like a pre-tech week this week and then next week we mm -hmm. have like a big tech week before the the recording so well let me ask you this man uh everybody's story is different like love music i didn't i was never a musician growing up although i've done a lot of music you know professionally as an adult <laughs> but uh but i grew up being more athletic were there other interests you had you know growing up did you did, was music always your thing music was always my thing um i've been singing since the age of um like round two i started singing at two um, I sang like in public for the first time when I was three. Um, so it's always been a thing of mine. I've always wanted to be a singer, but there were also other interests for me. Um, I wanted to be a chef. Like I really wanted to be a chef. Um, and I wanted to be a photographer. Um, but you know, kind of just went another way. <laughs> so what were your influences growing up as a musician? What was the young wow, Melvin um, listening to? Who were your influences? So I was very sheltered as a kid, um, which was I'm grateful for now. I hated it when I was a kid, but I'm really grateful for it now. Um, so I wasn't really allowed to venture off too much into 
um, music, like secular music and, you know, things like that. But um, I was a big PJ Morton uh, fan when I was a kid, um, heavy PJ Morton fan. Uh, I would listen to Jay Moss all the time, trying to copy all of his runs and do all this extra stuff. Um, and also um, I was exposed to uh, a lot of other genres of music as far as jazz is concerned. So like Harry Connick Jr. was like mm. Christmas time. That was like all throughout the house, you know, the whole season. And Ella Fitzgerald, same, same with her, you know. Um, so really that jazz influence kind of stuck with me, um, which I really appreciate because I love it. You know, just being able to hear, uh, being able to pick out different textures and different voices and, you know, um, different vibes, different songs, like how, how can we, you know, take this and put it with this, you know, to make something new. I think that was how I grew up, you know, being able to hear all of that and kind of learn from it. Um, so that's really, you know, me growing up as a kid. Um, that's really like what I what I listen to. Yeah, well, you must have yeah. been. Our families must have been connected on some type of musical uh, <laughs> <laughs> ESP because I literally grew up listening to, or my kids grew up rather, listening to a lot of Harry Connick Jr. So when my heart finds Christmas, oh um, my goodness, yes. You know, Harry for the holidays, all that stuff. And so yeah. mine was because my dad was uh we were military, so we traveled a lot, but most okay. of our most of my dad's family was like the Mississippi, New Orleans area, so Metairie and all yeah. that kind of stuff. And so I grew up listening to so I have a huge love when I grew up as a kid listening to Miles Davis and Herbie Hancock and mm -hmm. um and so a lot of those deeper, you know, kind of jazz things. So that explains a lot, especially because I hear your voice and you have such a great, I, mean, I love what you said about Ella. You had that, Ella had that soul too, but she had the finesse yeah. and the, and I hear that in a lot of your, your vocals. So you wow. feel like, you think the jazz, it feels like the jazz side influenced some of your gospel side as well. Yes, absolutely. So um, my mom was, um, she was trained, she went to Nyack College of New York. Um, so she was an opera singer as well. Um, so she oh, also so your mom was an jazz. opera singer. Yeah, she, she did okay. a lot of opera, um, you know, um, when I was a kid, still living in New York. Um, and, you know, having that jazz influence, I even got to see, you know, how she, um, watching her, how she kind of merged that jazz finesse with kind of the opera finesse and make something new. Like she would do that a lot whenever she would go out and minister. And it just, I don't know, it was just, it was just so captivating. Um, and so you have that side of things. Um, plus, you know, my dad with the gospel side, um, being a, you know, organist and a songwriter, writing choir music and even merging, merging that with what my mom did. You know, they would do a lot of um, like duo things together, uh, in ministry and stuff like that. So, you know, growing up around that, it really like influenced me. And, you know, I learned so much like how to create something new from what you hear, how to take you know, different styles, different genres and like merge them together. Yeah. I love that. And I used to tell people a lot of times that music is just a collision. You know, it's it's just, yep. it's really what music is. So if you hear anything new, what's old is new again. So yep. you pick any Absolutely. artist, you pick an artist today, you know, Harry Styles is basically an Elton John. I mean, so it's just, there's, there's, there's something like, Oh, John Mayer. It's like Stevie Ray Vaughan meets 
a little bit of Eric Clapton. So you can hear these type of things. Pharrell is the only one that I think comes from another planet, but that's another conversation. But, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pharrell is not human. But um, so you talk about growing up in New York. So you're originally you're a New Yorker. Yes, I'm originally from Brooklyn, New York. Um, Brooklyn. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, well, I would say born and raised. I moved to Charlotte um, when I was about eight. Uh, so I still have a, a good memory of life in in Brooklyn um, growing up. Um, but really here, it's like what, what raised me. Charlotte is like, we, what, like really raised me. So, so what brought you to Charlotte? Um, so my parents, uh, well, really my dad, um, got an offer um, for the church I go to now to uh, be the minister of music. Um, and so, you know, we kind of came down to visit a few times to meet with my pastor now. Um, and somehow or another, we moved. Um, we just, as a family, the three of us, you know, just moved down south. We said goodbye to our family. We'll see y'all later. And uh, yeah, we started a, started a new chapter here. Um, and I've been here ever since. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. So we moved down. Were you obviously in music? Did you get involved a lot with the the church playing a lot, or did you kind of um, slow because slow I rolled? Did. Not, not <laughs> yes, yeah, I, I slow rolled it. I was still young, um, so maybe maybe like two or three years after moving here, my dad let me join the like the youth choir and stuff like that. Um, and um, eventually, um, well, yeah, I was I was a part of the youth choir for the most part. Um, for for a while in my teenage years, I kind of um, they didn't really want me getting uh, the full effect of the adult praise and worship team and the adult choir. Um, I did sing with the adult choir a couple times, um, but really, you know, what I did mostly was my dad started a choir a couple years after we got here, and I would sing um, with his choir a lot, um, as well as my mom's group. She had a uh, she had a group up in New York, but. Of course, moving down to Charlotte, she had to find new people. Um, so that came together and I would sing with them sometimes. Um, so I was a little kid, um, but it really it really helped me learn. Like it helped me prepare, though, um, for what life, you know, as a, a singer and a musician could really you know, be like. So yeah. it yeah. sounds like your parents, you mentioned Harry Connick and um, all these other artists, but it sounds like your parents had a huge impact on your your musicality. Huge impact, huge impact. Um, like, like, like I said, um, I started singing that too. Um, but it, it was really because of traveling with them so much to rehearsals. And, um, um, so I think one of the first times I started singing was there was a song that my dad, um, wrote for, um, my dad wrote for this group, um, that had a song, um, I think the words were stone rolled away. Um, something I can't remember, but I would just sing that all day, all day, all day. And it was like, you know, they kind of noticed like, wow, like you really, you really want to sing. So they kind of started pushing me, really not pushing me. I didn't really have lessons from them, especially not from my dad. My dad was one of those, um, I'm not going to teach you. If you really want it, you'll go after it. And then when you go after it, I see you going after it. I'll help you from there. Um, but my mom, you know, she would, um, help me with stuff here and there, um, but, you know, they were really big influences going, being able to travel with them, watch them teach people, watch them, um, you know, transform worship teams at different churches. Um, but just the two of them was incredible. Uh, we, I even lived in Japan with them for about three months. It was a school semester when I was little um, and we got to teach. Um, I even got to teach like kids my age 
at the time, you know, how to sing how we sing in, you know, in America, um, which was like really cool. Um, being able to watch them do that was very inspirational. So, yeah. Wow. That's incredible, man. So and I can understand as a parent, I can understand how you want to um, protect your kids from the, uh, the, I call it not the business, but the busy mess of music. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. And I never understood it. I always hated it. Like, you know, even with doing Sunday Best, my parents would never, they never wanted me to do it. Like I said, I, I told them I wanted to do it. They never wanted me to do it. And I did not hated it then, didn't understand it then. But now, you know, even right before I did it, I understood like why, because there's so, there's, there's just so much that goes on. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you mentioned like even Sunday Best, which is how America got to know who Melvin uh, Trey, who Trey was. <laughs> and so, <laughs> yeah. and so as uh, uh, doing that, was that something that you felt like, man, I, I really want to do this uh, because it's it's the next process of my growth as an artist, as a musician. You feel like that was the, the avenue going on Sunday Best? Nope. Um, I actually said no three times to doing Sunday Best. Um, I was asked, well, I, I saw that it was, you know, coming back after the hiatus. Um, and, I, you know, just kept scrolling like, okay, cool, cool, cool. Finally got a call and said, hey, you know, Sunday Best is coming back. I really think you should, like, audition. Like, you should try it. I'm like, mm, I'm good. Thank you. So I got another call, like, a week later asking the same thing. Are you sure you don't want to do that? No, I don't want to do it. Um, and then the same thing happened again. And then um, after that one, family members said, you know, what have you got to lose than to at least try? Like, you never know. Even, even if you don't make it past the audition process, you never know what doors are going to open. Like, you never know who's going to see you and say, hey, he might not make it here, but let's do something for him here. And I'm like, you know, I get it. But OK, if, if this all goes up in flames. I blame you, but, um, but you know, when I did it, God literally started pulling all the pieces. Like I took, like I said before, he started pulling all the pieces together and I, I still can't believe it sometimes. <laughs> I cannot believe it. Well, you know, part of your story, man, I want to like to speak a little bit into that part of your story is, you know, just even the joy and how you kind of get, you navigate a lot of things. And part, part of that story is, you know, you talk a lot about your parents and, um, you know, your dad in particular, um, him being so, like you said, just wanting to make sure you wanted this for yourself. And, but at that time, um, you, you probably, you'd already lost your father. And so yeah. was that, what was that like? First of all, before we talk about how, what that was like to do the show, what, what was it like to, you were at 16 when you lost your dad? Uh, I was 16. Yep. 16. I mean, that's, I mean, Losing someone at 16 is, is major or, or any yeah. time in life, but um, did that, how did that, how was that as a process? Because that he was not just your father, he was a music minister, he was a mentor. What was that, what was that season like for you? Um, of course, that was, that was, um, it was very, it was a very tough season. Um, you know, I would, I would call it um, heartbreaking, I would call it, confusing um i would i would call it a lot of things um but it's like you know like lord um why did it have to be this way i had so many questions for god you know like why why would you you know bring us down here and 
have everything in a sense go left. You know, it's just like it's so many, so many questions. It's very hard. Um, kind of felt lost for a while. Um, you know, depressed for a while, even at a young age. Um, you know, and having to grow up really fast, uh, even before he passed. Um, you know, because my mom was um, dealing with cancer um, mm-hmm. since 2009. Um, he died in, in 14. So we had already been struggling with that, trying to, you know, make sure she was okay. Um, you know, my parents were dealing with, you know, other issues and stuff like that. Um, so I just had to grow up fast. Um, I, you know, still was able to be a kid. That's what my mom and my dad really wanted for me to, through all that was going on, just to remain a kid and be a kid. But, you know, as an only child, it was, it was hard, like to, you know, try to be a kid, but I know my parents are going through this, that third. It's like, you know, you just want to do everything you can to, you know, be their son. Um, and that, and that's, you know, that's really what, um, what it was. Um, that was my, I mean, he was my dad at the end of the day. I mean, that was my mom. And, um, yeah, he was my dad at the end of the day. It's just, you know, that's, that was us. It was the three of us. Um, so, you know, that season was really tough and losing my mom uh, a year and a half later um, was no easier. Like, you know, it was just even more confusing. Like, Lord, you know, having faith in, you know, the way my mom had faith, um, she was very strong, uh, very, very strong individual. Um, taught me so many lessons just through her battle with cancer um, about faith, about, you know, strength, about trusting God. Um, and so when she passed, it was like, Lord, make it make sense for me. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't get it, you know? Um, but God was like, you know, he spoke to me one day. I was like, do you trust me? Um, and from that point on, I had to pick myself up. You know, I had to sing myself and pray myself out of certain spaces. Um, because there were a lot of dark spaces, um, can't, like I can even admit that, you know, because um, it happens. Losing a parent is like losing a piece of yourself, mm-hmm. really. And so losing two is like losing two pieces of yourself. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, it feels like pieces of you are just drifting away. Um, even though you have people around you um, that care about you, that make sure you're good, you still feel alone. Um, you feel like there's no, you know, sometimes there's nobody there. But God, it's like at the end of the day, do you trust me? I'm here. Like, I want you to be aware of my presence. I'm here. I'm not going to put more on you than you can handle. Like, there's a reason for all of this. And so I had to start um, really just getting up and moving forward. Um, certain decisions in moving forward, I kind of jumped the gun, went, went a little too fast. Um, like, for example, going to college. I went to college a, a month after my mom passed. The mm-hmm. worst decision I could have ever made in my life. But I didn't realize it until a year, like a year and a half later, because, you know, that stuff sits on me for time. Um, so it's really a big thing of how much do you trust God um, with your life, with the things that go on in your life? Mm. Um, you know, because at the end of the day, it's, it's his story that we're a part of. And we have to, we have to remember that. So I chose to trust God. I chose to use my gifts, the gifts that he gave me, the knowledge that he gave me of music and of my parent, my family's legacy, um, you know, to move forward, to propel myself. It doesn't have to end here. That's, that's, that's just the premise of it because 
if God before me, who else can be against me? You know, wow. I, I had to just dwell on those things. Yeah. That's amazing, man. It sounds like, well, first, thank you for sharing that. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, I love what you said that, you know, it's, you know, when you lose someone, you lose a parent, a loved one, a piece of you is gone and it's never, even though you have community, it's never really truly replaced. It's never that, that there's a, a hole that's vacant yep. there, but it sounds like you, oh, it sounds like you were able to, to pull yourself up and then, and what do you, what do you feel like that strength has come through? Is it through friendships, music? What, what's helped you kind of move forward, especially doing something that was so um, personified with literally your name and your family's name, music. Yeah. Um, music was definitely a big part of it. Um, you know, music lives in me. Um, and so being able to express that, um, you know, it, it just brought me out of a lot of places. Um, it was hard listening to my parents' music at first, um, but um, there was a, there came a point where I had to I had to just sit there and listen to it and let my emotions flow, let it flow, and it really helped me and healed me in certain areas um, because even though they're gone, they're still they're still a part a part of me. Um, and not only not only music. Um, even though you know you feel alone with community, at the end of the day, God still sends community. Um, and so my church family, my pastor, um, you know, my friends, um, it, it was just really them holding me up. Um, they would hold me up in a lot of different areas. You know, a lot of people would just make sure I'm good if I needed to eat, if I needed, you know, clothes, if I needed whatever I needed, like there was always, God always sent somebody. Um, and it was also another reminder of God saying, do you trust me? Like I, I will take care of you through it all, you know? So that, that really was a major, major help of pulling me up. I couldn't do it by myself. I love that, man. And I love the way that, you know, cause you can hear it in your, and thank you for sharing that. Cause it feels like, mm-hmm. All those, as or why I say thank you is because sometimes the pain you go through really informs the, um, like to get a really good diamond, it has to be, there's a crushing, there's not a crushing, but there's a, it goes through as a lot of heat and there's a lot of, it's being molded in that, yep. in that, that process to get a real good diamond. And yeah. sometimes it takes time to do that you can't manufacture something quickly and and i love that you talk about it's it's the community that helped that and it's the music side and, and just being authentic going hey even hearing songs that my parents did was hard because it it poked a wound that was still yeah was still there yeah and so you went to college heard it's benedict college and uh it's benedict college is that the name of it benedict college um i didn't okay. finish i went for two years um but like I said, the reason I dropped out. I didn't was, either. I didn't either. You'll be all right. I didn't. Either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the, the reason I dropped out was because, um, you know, trying to be strong for my family, for the rest of my family and, um, you know, trying to make my parents proud. And I know that college was a big thing that me and my mom would work on together. Like, hey, where do you want to go? What do you want to do? Like, we would have so many conversations. So I just decided, you know, to, to step out on faith and go. Um, but after two years, that really, that, that, that pain, that wound, like really wasn't, of course, not at all healed. So it caught up with me. Um, mm-hmm. And I really just had to 
take a step back. And when I took that step back, um, this is kind of the route that God kind of took me on. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. So when you're at, you're at Benedict, were you involved in music there? Or? Yes. Um, so I got a scholarship to go there, um, being a part of the um, Benedict Gospel Choir. Um, and so I went there, started with that, um, with uh, Daryl Izzard, um, who was um, the VP of Student Affairs and the choir director at that time. Um, and it was, it was really, it was really great. Uh, a lot of my friends um, were, you know, wound up being there. Um, uh, a lot of people don't know this. So uh, Chandler, Chandler Moore. Chandler um, Moore. Never heard of Chandler Moore. <laughs> if Chandler only, Moore if there, only there was a gyra that could tell me about who a Chandler Moore was. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but he was there. He went, he went to college. We, we were there together. We, we had a, a few math classes together, a few different things together. Um, you know, worship nights we did um, there. His sister also went. Um, a lot of people don't know that. Um, JJ Harrison, I'm not sure if you're familiar with his, his son um, went as well. John P. Key's son uh, went there as well. Um, and um, Jalen Robinson, who is a worship leader at uh, Relentless in Greenville, South Carolina, he was there as well. So we all were there. We all had our moments, our time, our fun together, just, you know, being college kids and being Christian college kids. So, you know, it was, it was really, it was cool. So Christian college kids, you're not going, your partying is going out to the local checkers or the, uh, what's that place? The local cookout. cookout. You got to go to cookout because it's open to 2 a.m. in the morning. And if you pay for a dollar extra, you get a shake instead of a drink. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. We go to cookout. Um, we would go to different jam sessions where she's nice. We all had our different things going on. Yeah. And if you're really, if you're really feeling um, particularly celebratory, you get cheer wine. So. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so you did that. Obviously, we know Chandler. We know obviously what you did, these guys. Um, and then you, you did some work with, with Mass City, too. It feels like if you're young, cool, and creative, it's the law that you have to be part of Maverick City. That is hilarious. I feel, you know, that way, you know, it, it does seem like that, you know, the creatives, the swag is all, it's definitely all there. Um, yeah, I think I, you know, being a part of Maverick City, I was kind of the, the little weird piece that, you know, tagged along, which I, which I'm totally fine with. Um, but I, I was you know, super honored to be a part of Maverick City. Anytime I get a call to say, hey, Maverick City wants to collab, do something. I'm like super geek, super excited. Just waiting to hear. Send me the files. Let me know what I gotta do. Whatever I whatever however I can serve, just let me know. Um, but yeah, being a part, being a part of, you know, that whole situation is amazing. Well, even just as we're talking through, especially how you and I have been talking about music and just different the diversity of what informs your music. I mean, you were talking about from opera to to B3 gospel music. I mean, that's a, and then jazz, everything in between. Um, and I feel like that's what this new emergence of worship leaders are doing there. They're kind of taking those lines that used to delineations that used to be like, no, you're gospel, no, you're CCM, no, you're in these buckets. And they're kind of taking the buckets and literally op- turning on their head and going, it's going to, whatever comes out, comes out. Do you feel like you learned, especially going in a, in a more of a gospel setting, do you feel like you learned, what things have you learned even in those experiences, whether it's Mav City or any other multicultural space that's kind of been something that you want to highlight in a, in a, in, for multicultural worship? Yeah, um, absolutely. I 
So I've always been one to want to um, merge different genres, different fields, because I, I've always said that I feel like we as the body of Christ need to do more together. Um, I, you know, I, I understand the, the tradition of the separate, the separation of the genres, Christian gospel. I, I get it. But in this day and age, in this time, it's time out. It's like time out for that. Like that's that I think that is over and we have to start crossing the lines, doing more together because there's so many more souls that we have to go after. And it's not going to come through. You stay in your lane and you stay in your lane. No, we have to merge our people together. We have to bring our people together. Like if we have a concert and, I, and I'll just say this, if we have a quartet concert with all the black people and we have a CCM concert with all the white people, we need to do it together and bring all the people together so that we can worship together. We can find love amongst each other. Like this is, and even, even when it comes to music, we have to stop putting genres. I mean, I get it because there's different styles. You can still put genres on it, but it's kingdom music at the end of the day. Who, who are we doing this for? Why are we doing this? If it's CCM, if it's gospel, if it's quartet, if it's, if it's Christian jazz, what is this? What is the sole focus of what we're doing? Is it Jesus? Is it God? Is it the kingdom? Or is it is it the money? Is it the 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 ratings? Is it is it like the numbers? What it what is it for? So in my career for the rest of my life, I never I never wanted to I want the focus to be Jesus at the end of the day. And all of his people, whatever that looks like, whatever that means, that's what I want the focus to be. Um so working with Navic City, um, you know, it gave me an even better perspective on I'm I'm me um, who's not like them <laughs> going into a space to be me. Um, but, you know, and sometimes I would be nervous, but, you know, God spoke to me one time. I believe it was Tribal Nights when I did Tribal Nights in Atlanta. Um, you know, God spoke to me and said, um, you're exactly where I want you to be. Um, and it just let me know that I can be me in a different space and worship with all of these people from different backgrounds. It was so beautiful. That's why every time I get a call, I'm super excited because I get to worship with people that don't look like me, that don't sound like me and just bring our, both of our beauties together. Like it's, I don't know. It's, it's hard to explain. It's just, it's a beautiful thing to me. Mm -hmm. Well, you said before you're, you were wanting to be not just a musician, but a chef, but I think you'd appreciate this chef analogy. If there isn't somebody who figured out, you know what, chocolate, and peanut butter might be great together, then we would not have a Reese's. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, we might be on to something there. Yep. yep. So if, we, if we're open to new flavors and we might have something beautiful. Um, and I love what you did, um, even just showing that in how you did the blessing. I love, you know, a really good song. And we, we talked about this before, but it's like, Sometimes songs, you just want really good songs. I've been, Israel's a good friend of mine. I, I would tell him I, what I appreciate about his songs is that Israel write songs in such a way that presented really good cage-free egg, cage-free eggs. It's really good eggs. <laughs> so you can make it, if you wanted to, it could be huevos sancheros, or it can be a Greek omelet, or it could be a farmer's omelet, or you can just put, you know, like maybe Melvin I, my Trey and I want to put a little hot sauce on it. <laughs> I'll tell you. And it'll still be eggs at the end of the still, day. It'll still, still be eggs. eggs. 
And so I appreciate the, what you're saying. I think it's up to us, especially as creatives, to be intentionally cross-pollinating, be yeah. intentionally merging those lines and crossing those lines and not being so segmented and musically segregated. And so I really appreciate what you did with, um, kind of going back to this on just one more question, because I love what you did with, with Sunday Best. What do you feel like the legacy of that or that that has shown you about has it kind of, do you still take some of those? Cause you're, it's a competition show where the things you take from that and still use throughout your career or was that a yep. seasonal thing? Um, well, no, I, so um, I don't like competition when it comes to gospel, when it comes to just gospel, the gospel, I don't, I don't really like competition. We are all here. Let's, let's be anointed. How about that? Let's, let's all strive for the anointing and just getting to God's people. Um, but I get it. It's a show. It's a competition show. So I went with the mindset. Okay. So, you know, I, I know how I feel, but at the end of the day, it's a competition. So you got to try to be on your A game, you know, um, um, scope out the competition, do this and the third. But one thing that um, Kirk Franklin told me and that stuck with me to this day that I still try to do is, um, you know, the show tried, tries to bring forth and cultivate artists, um, which I really never was. I've always, you know, just been a minister, like, you know, I like to minister to people. So he was like, you know, being able to merge artistry and ministry is very key. Um, and so from, from that, you know, I've been trying to take that to say, okay, God, how do I, how do I do what you want me to do? Stay in your, your flow, however you want me to do it, but still be an artist in this world. So that's one thing that I've been, you know, striving for and, you know, going after. And um, it still, it still takes some work. I'm still working at it. Um, but, you know, it is getting better. I, I think I'm, I'm getting better at it. So a long ways to go, but y'all, y'all pray for me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I love that. What you said, man, it reminds me of an old quote by Oscar Wilde, where he says, be you, period. Everyone else is taken. And so, <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> and so I love that. And I love the idea of going, okay, is it when people come to see a Melvin Crispell, a third concert, is it going to be ministry or is it going to be a great performance? And the answer should be yes. Not so, just yes. yes to both. It's going to be great. You're going to get a great performance. You're going to get great, great entertainment. You're going to get great ministry moments. But to to compartmentalize those would to not let you be you. So I just want to just say, man, thank you for this. Thank you for being you. Thank you for being authentic. Thank you for yeah. even just being vulnerable and and sharing just um, life changing moments. But showing that, and I love your heart. What you said. It, it didn't. It did. It, def, it definitely impacted you, but it didn't define your future. It didn't define all that God has for you. So excited for this! Excited to see your music not only just go up the charts, but I want to see songs on the CCLI Top 100 <laughs> with Melvin. Yes, sir. Go go alongside, alongside Chandler and all those other guys. <laughs> yes, yeah. we're going for and it. So, and so, man. First of all, just remind me again the date. I know it's sold out, but. The date of the, the recording is in a couple of weeks, you said? Yes, it's uh, October 15th, Saturday, October 15th okay. uh, at 6 p.m. in Garland, Texas, which is right outside of Dallas. 
So even though you you see this, you probably can't go, but just be praying for him uh, on that night. That's Easy. a great performance. And then once that's done, obviously, is there a date when it should be released? Um, I I don't want to say a date because I'm not too sure. But or a window. Say, or a window. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say we're we're looking at uh, probably spring. We're looking about we're looking at spring. I think so. so. So we got new music in spring. Anything else before we, we let you go? Anything else you're excited about for the next 12 months that we should be looking on the horizon for? Um, no, I'm just really, listen, when I tell you I'm on P's and Q's about this recording, um, <laughs> I don't want it to be over, but I'm so ready for it to be over because so my nerves can just be released. But no, y'all, just everybody, if you see this, just um, keep me in prayer, not just for this recording, but for the future. Um, thank yeah. you, you know, for just um, being people of God and, um, you know, just loving gospel music, Christian music, kingdom music, um, and just, you know, be safe and love y'all. Love all of y'all. <laughs> follow you on Instagram, on Twitter. Yes, on please follow me on Instagram. Yes, at the third Melvin Crispell on Instagram um, and on Facebook uh, at Melvin Crispell the third and on TikTok at. Of course. The, uh, Mel, at Melvin Crispell the third, all spelled out on TikTok. Um, right, my right. Twitter's down. We're working on that. So. Right. We'll be back on the Twitter. <laughs> and then the, the new one is called uh, MySpace. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to take off. I'm joking. <laughs> it's going to do great things. <laughs> it's going to do great, it's gonna do great things. <laughs> Said no one ever. Well, Melvin, thanks so much for the time, bro. Really appreciate it. Uh, the big takeaway is we've got a record we're praying for on October the 15th. And then 2023 is a year. 2023 is a year of Trey. So we're excited. That's right. The year of Trey. I love it. We're excited for this new record to come out, man. And we're, we're so thankful for your time today. And, and keep doing your thing. And we appreciate you. Love you, bro. Love you, bro. Thank you all for having me. Appreciate it. Hey, what's up, guys? Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Couldn't do what we do without you. Let us know in the comments what you thought. Also, make sure you hit the subscribe button. Follow us on Facebook, YouTube. Stay tuned. We got a bunch more stuff coming. Appreciate you guys. See ya.